Welcome to episode 15 of Podcast 42, the podcast that talks a little bit about life, the universe, and everything. As per usual, anything goes. For episode 15, I've been dropped off here in the port of Yokohama. I mentioned this on the last episode. The Kakamoran outrigger that was heading my way kicked me out at the port here. But many thanks to the cabin boy, Roger, and the ship's master, Mr. Bates, for looking after me on the high seas. Ah, Yokohama, it's good to be back. One of my old stomping grounds. I lived here for seven months a few years ago. That really is a great place. I'm currently in the port, and we were one of 40,000 ships that use this port each year. It was actually voted one of the most efficient, or the most efficient, container port in the world, and it handles around 3 million containers a year. Good old Japanese efficiency, though. Not necessarily the biggest, but definitely the most efficient. As I said, I used to live not too far from where I came ashore. And luckily, I'm going to walk up to Minato Marai. I used to live in that area of Yokohama, Minato Marai. Very nice, uh, quaint area, shall we say. The port area actually reminds me of many European ports that I've been to in the past. It has that kind of little bit of a Spanish-Portuguese feel to it. Maybe that's from many years ago when those ships plied their trade in this area. Anyway, as I say, I'm going to walk up to Minato Marai because I'm heading to a different destination. And I have my Pasmo card with me, fortunately. That's the card that helps you buy things and generally get around on the Tokyo Metro. So from Renato Marai Station, I'll change up at Yokohama Main Station and then head to Tokyo Central Station. Why so many changes, you ask? Because I'm going somewhere in Tokyo. Another one of my favourite places in the world and possibly one of the greatest theme parks in the world. There's your big clue. And I'm getting the train to Maihama. More from when I get going on the train. Okay, I've made it to Tokyo Station, safe and sound, after a couple of stops and the various lines. And now I'm going to head to Maihama, as I said. So if you don't know what's at Maihama, I'll tell you. Yes, it's the one and only Disneyland. Tokyo Disneyland. As you can probably hear by the jingles of the train doors closing behind me. I'm going to get two or three trains, I'll get the third one I think. And it's less crowded. So we'll head to Tokyo Disneyland. Once I get on the train, I'll start telling you about what we're going to do. Today it's Disneyland, and tomorrow I'll do Disney Sea. I can talk about that in a whole other podcast. I'm sure I can fill up this one with just Disneyland. Okay, I'm going to board the train for my harbour, and I'll talk more from on the train. These jingles are so good. I'll try and capture a few more as we go. So, safely on the train and on our way to my Harmer station and Tokyo Disneyland. Fantastic. It's a long time since I've been here and it really is a good place, as I'll describe as we walk around. So when I get to my Harmer station, which is the station on the metro nearest to Tokyo Disneyland, you can actually get there by bus as well. Buses in Japan tend to be very efficient, very, very easy. Anyway, I'm on the train, as you know. Once you get to the station, you walk by foot for about five minutes to the entrance of Tokyo Disneyland. Alternatively, I could ride the Disney Resort line monorail. Monorail, monorail, monorail. <laughs> Couldn't resist. And the monorail has four stops. Disneyland itself, obviously. I actually prefer the short walk, though. It's quite a nice walkway with bits of Disney armor all the way along. Is that a word? Yes, it is now. Then the other station is the Resort Gateway Station for the XPRE and the Ambassador Hotel. I should mention the Disneyland Hotel itself is on the other stop at the Disneyland stop. I stayed there before and it's, it's a traditional Disneyland hotel. Very, very nice. Very, very expensive, but very, very nice. The other resort hotels are accessed via the Bayside station. Then last by no means least, 
one of the greatest theme parks on earth guaranteed and i will discuss that in the next podcast when i visit there the stop is tokyo disney sea so that's your four monorail stops actually just a side note to ride that is like 260 yen which is about two dollars fifty or two pounds british pounds per trip but if you plan to use it throughout the day a top tip you can get a day pass which is 650 yen so about six dollars five pounds uh, it's quite handy if you have children i guess but i do like the walkways as i say it's no hardship to walk around a trip from land to sea is about <laughs> land to sea i like that disneyland to disney sea is seven minutes and the total circuit is around 13 minutes so it's not huge anyway as i say we're going to head to disneyland tokyo first Maybe we should learn some Japanese. Some good phrases for you before we get there. Ohayo gasaimas. That's good morning. Domo arigato. Thank you very much. And shimose. Excuse me. <laughs> good food bars when tell people to get out the way. But yeah, I've got a couple of other good phrases I, I tried to learn. This one. Kyare kuta wo aitai desu. Dokote e ise masuka. Apparently that is, I'd like to meet the characters. Where can I meet them? <laughs> and another one, and I apologise to our Japanese listener for this. Sumimasen ga yoyako no o tetsudai wo ita da keimasen ka. Excuse me, but would you help me with reservations? There you go, two very useful phrases, which I won't say again. <laughs> A little bit more information about Tokyo Disneyland itself. It's actually owned by the Oriental Land Company, and that licences the theme from the Walt Disney Company. I think it's a very strict license as well. Tokyo Disneyland and its companion park, as I said, Tokyo Disney Sea, are the only Disney parks not wholly or partly owned by the Walt Disney Company. However, Disney has creative control. They've got to protect their proprietary material, I guess. Tokyo Disneyland is the second most popular theme park in the world. In 2013, more than 17 million people visited it. I know that's seven years ago, but it's just a fact that I picked out and I thought that was a good one. The Japanese started building Tokyo Disneyland in 1980, and it opened on April the 15th, 1983, at a cost of 180 billion yen. About 1.5 billion US dollars. So yeah, nice and cheap. But as I say, everything that's, I will describe this more as we walk, but the money has been well spent, in my, in my view. So the park has seven main areas, and they're pretty much the same as the areas in the American Disney theme parks. The World Bazaar is the first area you come to, and the first area that most visitors to Tokyo Disneyland will see. There are two big streets, the Main Street and the Center Street, and they look like the popular image of small town America many years ago. I guess it's Marceline again, where Walt Disney grew up, that a lot of these are based upon. That's actually a covered area, which I will talk about when we get there in detail. I'll talk about all of these in detail when we go through them. Another area, Adventureland. It looks like New Orleans. It's uh, There's a jungle area there as well, and of course, Pirates of the Caribbean. There's another area called Western Land. It's designed to look like exactly what it says, the old American West in the 19th century. So think think Big Thunder Mountain country. Actually, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is there. But I will discuss that when we get there. <laughs> I must stop saying that. Although the story of the ride there is a big disaster happened in a small town and the trains are hoarded by ghosts. Ooh. In the American theme parks, though, the disaster was an earthquake. At Tokyo Disneyland, the story is a little different. Here the disaster was a tsunami. Or was it Godzilla? <laughs> that would be cool. That's a good mashup, but Big Thunder Mountain Railroad meets Godzilla. Also, another good thing to look for, if you ever visit Tokyo Disneyland, they have the mother of all weenies. By weenies, if you don't know what I mean, it's the big, big iconic structure, or wherever it is that stands out at every park. Cinderella's Castle in Orlando. There's, there used to be the hat at MGM Studios. Things like that. They're, they're iconic structures. Well, as you approach Tokyo Disneyland Resort from Tokyo, as you're standing on the train crossing on Maihama Bridge looking south, which we will do shortly, the following structures appear in a perfect straight line. You have the Tokyo Disneyland Station, the World Bazaar Roof, the Cinderella Castle. Yes, it is Cinderella Castle here. It's a pretty much copy of Orlando, I would guess, but it's got other intricacies built into it, which I will talk about when we walk through it and also Mount Prometheus over at Disney Sea. They all line up perfectly. I'm actually getting myself sidetracked again. I was talking about the aerials, wasn't I? <laughs> so we had World Bazaar, we have Fantasyland, Critter Country, Westernland, Adventureland. There's also Toontown and Tomorrowland. Anybody who attends Disney parks will be very familiar with these areas. I think they've taken the best of everything here, but I'll, I'll show you all that. I'll like, tell you about it as we walk around. 
Okay, we're nearly there, but actually, one other point, I didn't mention the cost of entry. I've got a two-day ticket, which cost me 14,800 yen, or well, £138, £110 for an adult, that is. But they also do a junior ticket, which I, I quite like, because in many Disney parks, adults start at 11 for some reason. Not related to financial reasons, of course not Disney. <laughs> but here we have junior tickets from 12 to 17 year olds, which is 12,600 yen, so it's a little bit less than the adult ticket. I think that's about $110. And then the child ticket is for, from four to 11, so under fours are free, and that's 8,800 yen. So a little bit less again. You can do the math, I can't do the exchange rate that well. Okay, so as I said, 14,800 yen for an adult ticket, which is about $138 or 110 British pounds. We're approaching the station at my harbour. Once I get there, I'll get inside the park and I'll show you around. Back in a second. Okay, in the park, thankfully, I just come through into World Bazaar. World Bazaar is like a covered area, Victorian style, conservatory roof, and it shields guests from the Japanese weather. Always handy. Actually, I've just walked past. Flora, Fauna and Merryweather. It's actually unusual characters, you don't often see them about. That's good to see. Yeah, the World Bazaar features like 1950s American Diner. It did a lot of the eateries out of uh, Main Street in the US as well. The three table service restaurants, including Club 33. <laughs> There's also a larger side street called Center Street, and that runs across Main Street and exits either side in Tomorrowland and Adventureland, kind of a crossroads in the middle. This is also the only main street in any Disney park that doesn't have a train station. Yeah, there is a train station here and there's a train, but it doesn't go all around the park, other than the monorail does, of course. So yeah, we walk through we walk through the covered areas. You've got the usual emporiums, usual shops. It's nice to see straight away, though. Lots of Japanese people with their character worship. <laughs> actually, I should also say, looking at the structure of this, it's actually kind of got that Jules Verne feel. And I feel that does echo across this park and also in Disney Sea particularly. But yeah, I was saying, anyway, get sidetracked again. Lots of Japanese people, and they all support their characters. So I just walked past, just walked past a guy almost dressed as Pluto. He had a Pluto hat, Pluto bag, Pluto t-shirt, Pluto short, Pluto? Pluto shorts, that kind of thing. You get the picture. People like to follow their characters here. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast previously, but people do like their characters. So I'm just going past the House of Greetings, a little shop there. What else have I got in here? It's very busy as well. <laughs> I can see the castle in the distance, peeping through. There's usual clocks, the usual decorations. Lots of people wearing lots of ears as well. I, I just think Japanese people do throw themselves into Disney wonderfully. Okay, Cinderella's castle looming up in the distance, just walking past the Penny Arcade. I'm pretty sure there's a Penny Arcade in every Disneyland I've ever been to, or every Magic Kingdom I've been to even. <laughs> It's funny because everything is in English as well, but predominantly Japanese is spoken here, as you'll hear as we're going through. Have a quick walk through the Penny Arcade, have a mooch around, see what's there. There's usual coin press machines there as well. Lots of them, very collectible here. People do like to collect things in Japan. Just another trait, I guess. But it's very Victorian, and it does have, like I say, I keep saying it, but the Jules Verne feel to it. There's also, in the Penny Arcade, there's various old Victorian arcade games, one of a better word, penny drops, that kind of thing. And lots of shopping, just the usual things. Although I do like the, the Japanese take on Disney merchandise, it's slightly different. It's got that, is it the kawaii, is that the right word for the cute characters? <laughs> Let's go and have a look at the castle and walk a bit a little, a little bit further down World Bazaar. It's very ornate, very beautifully done, very clean as all of these parks ever are. Lots of people taking their pictures of the castle. Behind the, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do a bit of a, a mixed route. I'll head under the castle and we'll have a look at the shops under there. There's some very, that's why I quite like underneath the castle. It's, 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 I'm sure it is a replica identical of Magic Kingdom Orlando, but just a few little different shops underneath. Then I think I'll head to Fantasyland. We'll go and see that. We'll see if Winnie the Pooh's Honey Hunt is available. Talk about that in a second. Where else are we going to look at? I'll look at the Haunted Mansion while we're through there. After Fantasyland, probably cut across to Tomorrowland. So we'll do the Monsters Inc. Ride and Go Seek and then cut back across ourselves. This is why I use the different map here. Rather than doing a circle, I, I tend to just cut across. It's, you get to see a bit more. Oh, lots of people around me I should mention as well while I'm walking are getting ready for one of the early parades. Now, what I like in Japan, and this is one of my favorite things, is everybody sits down for the parade. They're already about five to seven people deep waiting for the parade, but everybody stays seated. 
so that means everybody can see and everybody gets a good view nobody gets upset about a child on their shoulders in front of you or some six foot ten guy with a Carmen Miranda fruit hat on his head so you can't see so yeah just a little bit of social responsibility there that I do like in Japan it's also I've just crossed the road and there's a beautiful ornate walkway here it's just a very picturesque park these parks are all good in my view but Tokyo Disney has got it right in so many respects. Okay, what was I saying? Yeah, I'll probably head on to, after Tomorrowland, go to Critter Country. Bit of Splash Mountain, one of my favourite rides. I'll get some popcorn over there, hopefully. I'll talk about popcorn in great detail later. And then, what do we do after that? Adventureland. And I think that's it, really. We'll have covered everything. So, yeah, we'll see how we get on. I'm just heading towards the castle, as I speak. Lots of people getting their usual pictures taken. Lots of photo pass photographers as well. I do like that. Look beautiful flowers, as per usual, in all of these parks. What else should we talk about? I'm trying to think of more to say about World Bazaar. I just, it always reminds me of a bit of a mixture of Hollywood Studios in the Disneyland Paris Resort, where they have the covered area, but that's more Hollywood. This is just a very Victorian entrance, and I have been here when it rains before. And don't forget, it gets very cold in Japan as well. But when it rains, it's a good place to seek cover. And it's very big, so plenty of room. Lots of cast members about, all helping hands. And again, I'm just seeing lots of Duffy Bear as well. I'm forget, forgetting about that. Duffy, very, 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 very big in Japan. I'm big in Japan tonight. <laughs> had, to, had to happen. I'm not going to sing turning Japanese, I promise. Yes, I will later. Okay, coming under the castle and beautiful flags. It's, it's such good condition, the castle. The whole park is immaculate. I know that I keep saying this, but Tokyo Disney just has that little extra edge to some of the other parks. It also helps that there's zero construction going on here at the moment, so the park is very accessible and very perfect at the moment. Okay, walking up the ramp to the castle. I actually used this as a meeting point for friends before. <laughs> yes, meet, yeah, I'll meet you at, at Cinderella's Castle, as you do. That's when I lived in Tokyo, of course. Visited here many times. So underneath the castle, you have lots of shops that sell that crystalware, that kind of thing, some good collectibles as well. And as with any other park, any other Disney park, it leads straight into Fantasyland. So, I'm going to have a walk under the castle. Time's away, we've got plenty of time today. We've got a full day to see the park. And then we'll, like I said, we'll follow the route that I've said. Just going through the doors now. And as, oh, there's, I forgot, inside the doors, there's also the beautiful tile murals. What do you call it? A tile mural? A tyrol? <laughs> but it's some beautiful glassware in here. Very, like I say, very collectible. I wish I'd got more when I actually lived here. Although I always have to carry it back and take it to wherever I'm living next, I guess. But some beautiful, very beautiful ornate glassware here. And the glassblower making some more while we're there as well. I'll rejoin you in Fantasyland shortly. We're here in the heart of any Magic Kingdom park. Or oh, Disneyland park. Yes, I'm in Fantasyland. One of the main rides here is Pooh's Honey Hunt. This way you travel the story of Winnie the Pooh riding in a honeypot, as you do on many of these parks. But this one uses a computer-controlled local positioning system that guides the ride vehicles in real time, to making each trip that the ride has unique. Ride vehicles can react to others in the ride, creating impromptu choreography between vehicles that makes the ride feel like it dances together. It really is a good ride. The story's familiar to any of you Pooh fans out there. I do like a bit of Pooh including the blustery deer and the heffalumps and the woozles. A combination of a cute story like this and a unique ride experience makes this one of Tokyo Disney's most popular and long wait time rides. So if you're going to get here, arrive early. It's not too bad while I'm here at the moment, so I might ride in a, in a minute after this. But yep, definitely arrive early or very late in the evening if you want to ride this. That's when it's least crowded. So just a quick story about this ride actually. How do you hide a big pile of poo? Now there's a good question. So the ride building for, for Tokyo Disneyland's Pooh's Honey Hunt is gigantic, it's enormous, it's massive. I don't know what the word is in Japanese, but it's fucking big. Oops, sorry mum. But it's big even by Disney standards. A 15,000 square meter structure was deliberately built to house the Fantasyland attraction. Yet when you stand inside of the, of the park, that huge shore building is completely hidden from sight. Pooh's Honey Hunt is actually disguised as sound stages for Maroon Cartoon Studios in the Toontown, which is adjacent to Fantasyland, and we'll go there next. Which, when you think about it, it's a pretty nice thing for Marvin Acme to do, don't you think? Helping Winnie the Pooh out like that? So, a good, a good relationship between the studios. Also near here, you can get the Honey Popcorn. Oh, honey Popcorn. Popcorn in Disneyland Tokyo, as I will talk about, is amazing. You do not get this in any of the other Disney parks, in my view. You also have, I'll come to the popcorn in a second, but you also have, you can get lunch at the Queen of Hearts Banquet Hall, an elaborately themed buffeteria, is that the word? It's a buffet. 
featuring the characters from the animated Alice in Wonderland. Off with her head! Like most Disneyland restaurants in Tokyo, you have to wait outside before you get into the building, but once inside it really is a cool building. You see samples of the available entrees at the banquet hall kitchen, but they have rotisserie chickens in the back and that always catches my eye. But then again I think the real appeal of the Queen of Hearts banquet hall is probably the desserts. Really cool, really tasty desserts. I should talk a bit more, more about food around the park actually, because I did forget to mention something in World Bazaar. But anyway, the buffet land tend to be also the best if you don't speak the language. Just point at what you want, smile, make your selection, and the helpful horse will lead you around in the elaborately themed seating area. No need to camp out for seats here or to wander around, train hand, looking for a place to sit. Tokyo's cast members eliminate those hassles. More Japanese efficiencies. <laughs> the rotisserie chicken that I talked about comes with garlic sauce. It's about 1,340 yen, about $16, so not too bad. And it's just delicious, delicious chicken. A little more kick of garlic than you maybe notice in other Disneys, but everything's much better in Asia. The food's spicier, food is tastier, <laughs> in my view, of course. Although I do like American and European food. Covers his ass well there. <laughs> so for dessert, you can get a nice blueberry roll cake with a souvenir plate. It comes in about 600 yen, about $7. The plate's wrapped up and you can take it away with you. A nice Christmas present for somebody. And I remember the blue blueberry cream and sponge cake. It's a delightful roll, sweet finish to a meal without being too heavy. After that, you can always head over to the Haunted Mansion. Hang on, Haunted Mansion in Fantasyland? Haha, <laughs> yes, that's right. That's its home in Tokyo. Not only that, while the mansion looks exactly like its Florida sibling, it does get the California's Nightmare Before Christmas holiday overlay during the holiday period. Now that for me is the best overlay of any of the haunted mansions in the world. I'm talking about the California one. And to have it here with the Florida haunted mansion. Perfect mix. <laughs> so if you want to know what Florida's haunted mansion would look like with the California holiday treatment, all you have to do is fly to Tokyo. There you go, easy. But it is spectacular, I've seen it. Rest of Fantasyland includes the usual lineup of attractions that are probably familiar to US Disney theme park attendees. The same versions as in the States as well. You have Alice's Tea Party. I do like the, the spinning teacups. The carousel, the castle carousel. Dumbo, of course, a staple in any Magic Kingdom, Disneyland type of place. It's a small world. <laughs> I do like it's a small world. Mickey's PhilharMagic was there, but it's just been replaced with Mickey Mouse Review. But PhilharMagic for me is getting a bit dated even in the Orlando parks and could do with a, a bit of a spruce up in my view. Keep it, but maybe make it a bit different. Peter Pan's Flight, the attraction that has the eternal 40 minute wait. I've no idea why it has such long waits, but there you go. There's also Pinocchio's Daring Journey, Good Ride for Children, and Snow White's Adventure. But as I said, the one difference about Cinderella's Fairy Tale Hall, this is a walkthrough attraction in the castle that I've just kind of come through and I was talking about the, the glassware and crystalware. But you can actually take a longer walk through and it tells there's artifacts telling a story of Cinderella. But it does have hour plus waits, which is why I kind of skipped through. <laughs> I meant to mention it as I walked under. Another restaurant in Fantasyland is Captain Hook's Gallery, which you might miss because it's actually hidden around the corner from Peter Pan, facing Western Land. So if you're going into Fantasyland heading to Toontown, you won't see this. All depends on your direction around the park, I guess, or through the park. I tend to zigzag, but if you go counterclockwise or clockwise, you could miss this. Talking of the food I got earlier is the mochi dumplings. These are a great, great little snack in Japan. They come here in various uh, guises. There's the little green men, or Olaf from Frozen, and they tend to be character themed. And the, the little green men one are little green dumplings that look like the little green men. And they come in the traditional flavours of chocolate, strawberry and custard. However, Olaf has coconut cream, white chocolate cream, and cheese, and summer orange also, which is delicious, a summer orange cream filling. So yeah, look out for those little snacks as you can snack your way around Tokyo Disneyland. They also have seasonal specialties too. Some of the ones in the past they've had, they've had, they have Scrump, Lilo's homemade doll from Lilo and Stitch, as well as Darth Vader and Stormtroopers occasionally. So watch out for the, those little changes. Again, I've mentioned before, but those little details in Tokyo Disneyland fantastic. You can find those at the Pan Galactic Pizza Port, near to Toy Story Mania, at Disney Sea. you can get those. But where you get them in Tokyo Disneyland is the Sweet Cafe. That's uh, Grandma Sarah's Kitchen Plaza Restaurant. Nom nom nom. Okay, what else can you get food-wise? Oh yes, in this area you get the Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. <laughs> That's a terrible accent. Wazowski. Melon pan. A melon pan? What's a melon pan, you may ask? <laughs> also known as melon bread. It's a popular traditional Japanese snack 
Its light melon flavour gives it the right level of sweetness, making it perfect for a quick breakfast. I sometimes used to grab one of these as I came through World Bazaar into Fantasyland if I was arriving early. Good one to kickstart your morning. The Tokyo Disneyland version has all elements that make it a good melon pan, but with a delightful twist that Monsters Inc. fans will love. As per the name, it looks like Mike Wazowski. It, it actually does look like Mike Wazowski as well. <laughs> as I said, you can get those at the Sweetheart Cafe in the World Bazaar. Okay, let's move on to Toontown, shall we? Here I am in Toontown. I do like Toontown. I've been to the one in Disneyland and in California, and it's great. Actually, this Toontown opened in Tokyo Disneyland in 1996, three years after the original debuted in Disneyland in California. And to be honest, the Tokyo well, it is the Tokyo Toontown is essentially the same as Disneyland, but it's flipped in the mirror image. Okay, what I mean by that is that everything that's to the right in California is off to the left in Japan and vice versa. <laughs> it's not literally a mirror image where everything is backward, although that would be quite funny, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, have a reverse Toontown, that'd be pretty cool, actually. Go through the mirror. <laughs> anyway, as per the other Toontown, the, the big attractions in Toontown are Roger Rabbit's cartoon Spin. That's a dark ride inspired by Who Framed Roger Rabbit, one of my all-time favourite movies. I always forget it's a Disney movie sometimes, because it's its own movie in its own right. Great movie. I actually watched a programme on Disney Plus recently about the making of that. Very worth watching. Was it the props? I think it was the props from the show. I can't remember the name of the show now. Uh, it's, a, it's a show about props anyway on Disney Plus. You'll find it. It's very good. Especially the Roger Rabbit one. And also here is Mickey's house, which is the one place in the park where you're guaranteed to meet Mickey. If you're willing to wait, of course. <laughs> Always a queue. And Minnie has got her own house nearby for a meet and greet as well. You do know they aren't married, right? They have separate houses. Mm -hmm. There's also Goofy's house. He's got a house in Toontown. And while Mickey, Minnie and Goofy have houses, Donald's got himself a boat. With a tribute to Daisy. Nice touch. <laughs> Donald's nephews, Huey, Dewey and Louie, have the food concession in Toontown. With a counter service restaurant, Huey, Dewey and Louie's Good Time Cafe. That serves Mickey Pizza and Donald Shrimp Burger. The Donald Shrimp Burger is very good, actually. It's another one of those slight twist on food here in Japan. And I do like it. Very, very tasty. Everything's tasty here. It really is. What's tasty? Oishi. Oishi. If you hear the word oishi in Japan, that means tasty. Wow, I'm surprising myself with my Japanese skills. I think I've just about exhausted them, though. <laughs> another two kids-only attractions in Toontown. You've got Gadget's Go Coaster and Chippendale's Treehouse. Just a nice area to mooch around here, lots of nice sounds, and I like the interactions with some of the buildings. Uh, you, you know what I mean if you've been to the original in Disneyland. Okay, other food you can get here is also the pizza spring roll. Now this is very tasty. So just leave it to Tokyo Disneyland to come up with a genius mashup of a classic Italian flavours and a favourite Asian street snack. Perfect to keep you warm and full on a chilly day. Yes, it does get cold in Japan, remember. Check before you visit. I've been here when, in Tokyo when there's snow. But then in the summer it gets really, really hot, up to 35, 40 degrees. Whatever that is for you in the colonies, that would be about 100 degrees. Let's, let's say 100, that's near enough. The pizza spring rolls, though, are generously filled with mozzarella cheese, marinara sauce, and pepperoni slices, enveloped in a golden fried, crunchy outer shell. Pizza not your thing? You can also get these spring rolls with an egg and shrimp filling, but it's equally delicious and tantalising, and maybe it's not so much a mashup of Italian and uh, Asian. But highly recommended, yeah? The spring rolls. The pizza spring rolls. Get those in Toontown. They're at the Mickey's trailer in Toontown here in Tokyo Disneyland. So yeah, that's pretty much it for Tokyo Toontown. Um, it's the same as Anaheim, if you haven't been there. It's very good for children. As an adult, I like it because I do like the interaction things where you can press a button or make noises happen or slam doors, that kind of thing. But yep, Toontown, always a winner. And it's a nice stroll from Fantasyland through Toontown. From here, where should we go next? Tomorrowland. I do like Tomorrowland in every park. I like it all, you know that. But Tomorrowland, always a favourite. Actually, before I get to Tomorrowland, just remember, in Tokyo Disneyland, there's a lot of walkways that take you different routes. Now, that sounds really obvious again, I know. But Tomorrowland always reminds me a little bit of Hong Kong. Hong Kong the city. It's a city of walkways, elevated walkways. And around Hong Kong, you avoid the traffic and crossing roads by a series of escalators and walkways in the sky that take you out of the way of the traffic. It's actually pedestrianised in the air. Very, very good. Now, there's a few of these little walkways around Tomorrowland, and sometimes they give you a little cut-through 
or a different perspective on the park. I know there's one near the exit of Star Tours. You go up some steps and it drops you off down towards World Bazaar. And it just gives you nice views. A great place for taking photographs. Yeah, another top tip. Let's talk about more Tomorrowland when I get there. Onwards! Paging Mr. Morrow-san, Mr. Tom Morrow-san. <laughs> yes, we're here in Tomorrowland. So Tokyo Disneyland's Tomorrowland retains many of the classic attractions familiar to you fans. But if you were a fan, you might not be. <laughs> I know a lot of people who are of Disney parks in the United States, especially the Space Mountain. Now, I think I'll talk a bit about the Space Mountain, actually. It's always one of my favourite rides, no matter which park. I love the Paris one because of the Jules Verne effects. I love the Hong Kong one because of the Star Wars overlay, which works fantastic in Hong Kong. I guess I'll do a Hong Kong walkthrough at some point, I'm sure, next time I visit. And also, I, I like the traditional Space Mountain in Orlando. But the one here in Tokyo, let's have a few facts and figures. You know I like my facts and figures. What is it? It's a well, themed space flight propulsion method. Chain lift. Opening date, April the 15th, 1983. Sound familiar? I'll come to that in a second. Vehicle capacity is 12, same as the one in Orlando. It is an identical copy. Well, it was an identical copy of that ride. Cars per vehicle, two. Guests per car, six. So we have three and three in two lines. Ride duration, two minutes, 45 seconds. Length, 3,035 metres. That's pretty long. Track height, 76 metres, maximum speed, 32 miles an hour. That's quite fast for a roller coaster. I was thinking anything 30 to 40, you'll be starting to move a bit. Somebody's probably said, well, actually, no, my roller coaster near me does 60 miles an hour. Sponsored by, interestingly, Coca-Cola Limited of Japan. So, Space Mountain in, in this park has something unique about it compared to the other Space Mountains. It was the first Space Mountain attraction to open on the same day as the park it is located in. So on opening day, it was ready to go. It wasn't in all the others, if you know your Disney parks. <laughs> as I said, the track layout of Tokyo Disneyland Space Mountain is identical to that of Space Mountain at Disneyland. Did I say Orlando? I meant Disneyland. <laughs> oh, don't call them Magic Kingdom Disneyland. Don't call Disney World Disneyland. <laughs> and it was thematically identical to the 1977 Disneyland version until 2006. It was closed for refurbishment. So the original one had... I'd say it was an exact clone of Disneyland Space Mountain that opened in 77. Is it really that long ago? Wow. Apart from a few architectural elements outside, obviously the absence of the space stage and the people mover track, with the exception of both having the same shape and dimensions. The interior was the same, although there were a few different effects, the track layouts, rocket designs, and original special effects and elements were the same as Disneyland's version, pretty much. But that all changed in 2006. The new Space Mountain had some more... It has a more sci-fi futuristic look to it and it's, it's much better I feel it's better for it there are new effects and a new spaceport which features a futuristic spaceship hanging from the ceiling the ride has changed but the effects are built on top of the original ride effects like the Disneyland counterpart it now includes a hyperspeed tunnel at the end of the ride where they take your picture and ever since 2009 in the holiday season the exterior at night becomes a light show with Christmas music played in the background but the actual ride remains unchanged it's aesthetics but it makes it better Always a good ride for me. I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but if you're ever in Orlando during the Halloween, the Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party, you can ride Space Mountain in the dark. It's an amazing ride. really is good in the dark. It's still bone-shakingly good, but in the dark is much better. Okay, little little fact about... little trivia fact about this ride. The ride is featured in the Japanese Super Famicom game, Mickey no Tokyo Disneyland Daiboken. Again... Apologies to my Japanese listener, that was a terrible accent. <laughs> okay, let's move on. What else do we know about Tomorrowland? So, as I said, Space Mountain, you have the Star Jets, kind of speak for themselves. Buzz Lightyear, although here it's called Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters. Space Ranger. I always mind, the Orlando one always says that. Another ride for me, which could probably do with a bit of an update. There's the Grand Circuit Raceway. For that, see the Speedway in Magic Kingdom. But with Cars 2 taking place, in part, in Tokyo, Disney had been promoting the, remote, the movie with a Lightning McQueen outside at the Grand Circuit Rail, Raceway entrance. I prefer the whole thing to be Cars, like, like Cars Land, to be honest. Also a bit of a blast from the past, Captain EO is here. The Michael Jackson movie that was in Epcot. I've seen that many years ago. And even now, I think it's very dated. <laughs> it's classic, and it's of a time. I'll give it that. But... Mm, there's also an original version of Star Tours. No, the adventures continue version here. Not yet. 
and there's also one attraction in Tomorrowland that is completely unique to Tokyo Disneyland and for me it's the must ride attraction here obviously I love Space Mountain don't forget that but this is the Monsters Inc ride and go seek okay let's have a little bit about this so both the building exterior and the interior queue are faithful recreations of the Monsters Inc headquarters from the Pixar movie. The ride is similar in concept and structure to California Adventures Monsters Inc, Mike and Sully to the rescue, but with a major twist. Instead of passively riding through Monstropolis, this time you are playing a massive game of flashlight tag, where we're trying to find just where Boo has run off to. Randall's back too, trying to catch Boo first to make a scream, but Mikey, through more of his characteristic bumbling than actual skill, manages to <laughs> take care of Randall, shall we say, and save the day. I mean, many riders won't notice the plot though, as they shine their handheld flashlights at Monsters Inc. logos throughout the ride. Kind of a bit like Men in Black at Universal Studios, which I hate to say. Kind of similar, but different. It's Monsters Inc. It's more fun. So each hit triggers an animation element in the ride, usually a character popping up or turning around. If you think of Frontierland shooting gallery, but with more tech. <laughs> or Men in Black at Universal. Unlike Buzz Lightyear though, there's no score kept here, so there's no competitive element, just the gentle fun of trying to make the ride react to your tags. I like the attractions with the score. I'm too competitive for that. <laughs> also, if you're getting hungry while in Tomorrowland, your most whimsical restaurant option in Tomorrowland has to be the Pangalactic Pizza Port, which I wish they would sell Pangalactic Galgal Blasters from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, got it in. Got a Hitchhiker's reference in. Well done. <laughs> they serve the ubiquitous seafood pizzas, snow crab and shrimp and mushroom, along with a double sausage pizza. Snow crab in Asia. Oh, delicious. There's also the Plaza restaurant serving a seafood and rice au gratin. Pork curry over rice, beef and vegetables over rice, everything's rice. Chicken and scrambled eggs over rice. And fried chicken on a Chinese bun. Not rice. <laughs> the Tomorrowland Terrace is also there, which offers hamburgers, cheeseburgers, bacon double burger, chicken teriyaki sandwiches, and shrimp cutlet sandwiches. Oh, I'm hungry now. But one thing that is also available a Plasma Raised Diner, or you can get them at the Plaza Restaurant at Disneyland in Tokyo, is this Mickey Mouse shaped eggs. What? How? Do we have a chicken? It's Mickey shaped. <laughs> to be honest, I have no idea how they managed to make the egg yolk shaped like a Mickey. I guess it's just a little bit of pixie dust. <laughs> but yeah, this egg, I, I wish I could show you a picture of it. Imagine an egg with the yolk is the shape of a Mickey ears, like the hidden Mickey. Oh, it's, it's there in front of you. <laughs> you enjoy it with a filling lunch of classic Japanese favourites like the beef and rice bowl, or a serving of Japanese style curry and rice, just the dishes I mentioned previously. But yeah, you can get the Mickey egg. I've no, I've no clue how they do this. <laughs> I think I need to Google this and find out. I'll see what I can do. Okay, that's Tomorrowland. As I said, don't forget the little walkways. I just came down from the steps from Star Tours and took a few pictures of the park from up there. Very nice viewpoint. Okay, let's move onwards. I'm going to cut across the park now. So I say I tend to zigzag around here. And I'm heading to Critter Country. Time to get the banjos out. And here we are, Critter Country. I do like Critter Country. I've always liked Splash Mountain and that kind of thing. Actually, before I go on, I was just thinking about something on my walk across past Cinderella's Castle. And I was thinking about Space Mountain. I was describing it as 3,000 metres long, 76 metres high. I thought, metres? That can't be right. It would be huge. It was feet, not metres. I was going to edit it out after this, but now I've remembered it. <laughs> Hopefully you all caught up on that. Maybe you didn't. Maybe it is 3,000 metres and I was wrong and the park is huge. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Critter Country. What do we have here? Well, Critter Country was a late addition to the park, debuting in 1992 as the new home for the one and only Splash Mountain. Now, whatever your views are on Splash Mountain, I love it. I love the theming. I love the music in there. Always one of my favourites. And always one of my favourites to ride at night. I remember riding it once at 1am in the morning. Long story, but I was on it at 1am. Okay, Splash Mountain, like keeping with the theme that Tokyo is a blend of California's Disneyland and Florida's Walt Disney World, Critter Country is the name of the land where Splash Mountain is found at Disneyland. But Tokyo's version of the ride is essentially identical to Disney World's. One, actually, one element of this park I can't let you hear is the smell. It's amazing. Now, why is that smell amazing? Because every few yards in the park, you'll pass a popcorn wagon. And I thought I'd save it to Critter Country to talk about this. Because unlike in the US theme parks where Disney serves only the traditional butter popcorn and occasional caramel corn now and then, 
Tokyo Disney raises popcorn to an art form, serving at least I think there's six or more different flavours in Tokyo Disneyland alone. There's even different ones in Disney Sea. Let's talk popcorn then. So you pay about 300 yen, which is about $2.80, just over what the, £2.50 for a box. And the flavours available, available are my favourite, my personal favourite, the curry popcorn. This is like crack cocaine. That's the best way to describe it. <laughs> it's got a spicy kick that you'd expect from the curry, but it tastes, oh, it's just cleaner than spicy dust that you find on a tortilla or corn chips in the US in the snack aisle. But there's no chemical aftertaste, just the warmth of the curry on your tongue. Delicious. Another of my favorites, the soy sauce popcorn. It has the salty flavor of traditional buttered popcorn, but with an almost umami savoriness to it that American popcorn lacks. I do love popcorn. My partner dearly loves popcorn. She was in popcorn heaven in Japan. And there really are some, they're the savory ones. Actually, I've got, I can list the complete list of popcorn flavors available in Tokyo Disneyland Resort. I mean the whole place, not just the park here and Disney Sea. You can get milk tea flavor, strawberry flavor, orange marmalade flavor, which I can vouch for is delicious. Oishi. <laughs> Blueberry, corn potage flavor, coconut flavor, cappuccino flavor, cream soda, jalapeno and cheese, Chinese spice, garlic shrimp, curry, as I said, barbecue, milk chocolate, salted, eh, boring, <laughs> white chocolate, caramel, herb tomato, black pepper, the soy sauce, which I mentioned, honey, which we can get near Pooh's Honey Hunt, which is cool, and the barbecue flavor. Unbelievable. Did I say barbecue twice? It was probably that good I mentioned it twice. Yeah, popcorn is truly amazing here. So what about Critter Country? Not really much to say about around here. It's just, it's just a, a section of Frontierland, I guess, which here is called Westernland, of course. What else to add about Critter Country? Well, it's so small that it's really overtaken by Splash Mountain. Although the only other attraction in this area is the formerly Davy Crockett's Explorer Canoes in Westernland. Obviously, this is kind of part of Westernland. For Westernland, see Frontierland in US. But the area has the <laughs> fantastically named Beaver Brothers Explorer Canoes. Excellent. And because it's quite a small area, Critter Country gets very, very crowded throughout the day. As I say, there's only really Splash Mountain there. Other than that, in the area you have Grandma Sarah's Kitchen, which has lots of rice dishes, as per usual. <laughs> and you have Rackety Raccoon's Saloon. Yeah, the story of Rackety the Raccoon. He was once a moonshine maker, had a brewing accident when his still exploded, causing the dam to break and flood the area. Thus the name Splash Mountain came around. After the experience, he gave up moonshine and now serves guests soft drinks and snack. It's just really a soft drink. A little bit of popcorn there as well. Nothing special, but it's built into Splash Mountain. Other than that, that is really Critter Country. Not a lot to say, but Splash Mountain still awesome, even in Japanese. Sayonara to Critter Country. Where are we going next? Frontier, I mean, ooh, not Frontierland, Westernland. Yeehaw! Yep, we're in Westernland. <laughs> Westernland, as I say, is just Tokyo's name for what American Disney theme park fans would call Frontierland. But it does have a really good Tom Sawyer Island here. The burning settler's cabin, and the cabin is actually burning. An effect that hasn't worked in Anaheim, I know that for years, it actually burns here. That's a really cool Tom Sawyer Island. As I said, the train journey around there, that it doesn't have the train going around the whole park here, just certain areas. You probably heard, I think previously I was walking past it, I could hear the bells of the train. <laughs> also, top tip, if you go to Tom Sawyer Island, you get a free map of the island for taking the boat at the dock. Always grab this, very good souvenir. And also, what's working here? Harper's Mill. The wheels are turning. Mm. <laughs> you also have the Grist Mill and Fort St. Clements. Not only that, but there's a snack bar open in the fort too, and serving milkshakes as well as cheese and banana stuffed Mickey pastries. So it's a good reason to go over to the island. The Tom Sawyer Islands in other parks I've, I've always avoided now because there's not much there. You also, behind the fort that's there, you can find an accessible Indian village to explore. Actually, even the fort was open, the Indian village is open, you can explore around all of these. You can go upstairs in the fort and have a look around. It was funny because earlier I crossed on the raft over to the island and to have a look around the Indian village, and I couldn't help but watch the ducks paddle by. Lots of ducks in every theme park I know. But then it occurred to me, as one munched on a popcorn kernel, that these ducks aren't just munching on regular old popcorn. They're eating curry popcorn, or soy sauce popcorn, or orange marmalade popcorn. Could these ducks be flavoring themselves from within? What a deliciously evil thought. <laughs> yes, you could have duck a la popcorn. <laughs> Sorry, it's just 
the way I think when I looked at them. I also noticed earlier that the Explorer Canoes cast member don't wear the Davy Crockett style coonskin caps, they wear red bandanas, very Japanese. But if you're looking for a less intense trip around the river, there's always the Mark Twain Riverboat, a staple in many Disney parks. Not only has Tokyo Disneyland kept all the show elements working of its version of Tom Sawyer Island, it's kept all the seasonal versions of the Country Bear show running too. So if you head over to the Country Bear Theatre to watch the Country Bear Jamboree around Christmas time, you get the Jingle Bell Jamboree. They also run the Vacation Hoedown show in rotation with the original Country Bear Jamboree. The Tokyo Country Bear Theatre has two theatres, just like the old Country Bear Playhouse in Disneyland did. It's really cool. I, if you're not a Country Bear Theatre fan, I, I know a lot of people aren't, for me it's a cult classic and I would always go there, but as per usual, Japan have taken it to that bit of better level. Maybe it's because it's newer, maybe it's, I don't know, but they've done it well. But don't worry if you're a roller coaster fan. We have the wildest ride in the wilderness. Yes, the one and only Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Tokyo's version is essentially the same as Orlando's, except that the ghost town is replaced by a longer tunnel, a bit like Disneyland in Anaheim. And there's also another tunnel and a U-turn after the final drop to run past the dinosaur bones. A classic ride in my view, always will be good. What about food in this area? Right, this is something else that's, in my view, must be unique to this park. The Mickey Mouse Glove Sandwich. This is available at the Plaza Restaurant in Tokyo Disneyland. You take a bite out of Mickey's iconic white gloves in the form of a teriyaki fried chicken sandwich. It is a Mickey Mouse glove. I can't say, again, another one to Google maybe, but this is truly artwork in a sandwich. It's a quirky sandwich. It's made with two pieces of glove-shaped buns, holding a piece of juicy teriyaki chicken drizzled with teriyaki sauce and topped with some fresh green lettuce. Oh, I'm salivating already. I must grab one of these on the way through. To give it its iconic Mickey Mouse glove signature look, three stripes are specially char-grilled on each of the soft and fluffy white buns. Really is a piece of work, this. It's excellent. While, while I'm in Westernland, it kind of Westernland, sort of, what's the word? Integrates with <laughs> Adventureland. It flows right through. So I was talking about the Western River Railroad. The Western River Railroad ride departs from Adventureland and takes guests through Westernland and also Critter Country. I didn't mention that. You probably heard the bells when I was in Critter Country, as I said, before returning to Adventureland. So unlike other Disney theme parks, the railroad does not circle the perimeter of the park. I mentioned that. The monorail does that on the outside, I guess. Instead, it's a loop departing from and returning to Adventureland. While yes, it can be used as a transportation between the lands, it's not that far to walk really, it does offer beautiful views of the attractions and scenes including primeval world along the way. Okay, let's talk Adventureland. Well, we're on here. We're walking through this way anyway. As I say, that's generally a quick synopsis of Westernland. Let's talk Adventureland. What does one thing every Disney park should have, in my view? Tiki rooms. Tokyo Disneyland doesn't have the same old tiki room show we know from Disneyland and, and now Walt Disney World. It's a new show, completely, which stars a popular Disney animated movie character who takes over the classic tiki show. The Enchanted Tiki Room, Stitch Presents, Aloha Ikomo Mai. Yep, that's right, this version of the Tiki Room isn't the under-new management version. With Iago and crew, in this version, Stitch is trying to force his way into the Tiki Room show, but the birds think it's the big kahuna that's interrupting their show. They ultimately discover that it's Stitch, whom they let in the show if he agrees to behave, which he does, just before he spits on the audience. Also, don't forget though, the narration of this is in Japanese, but I don't mind that, it adds to the flavour of where you're at. I, I anything in a foreign language for me can be just as entertaining, even if you don't completely understand it. Tokyo's Disneyland Adventureland feels kind of like two lands mashed together. On the upper south side of the land stands the Tiki Room, as I said, with the Swiss Family Treehouse to the right, and the Western River Railroad and Jungle Cruise, don't forget, to the left. Always classic, even in Japanese. You then walk back towards the park entrance to the north, and you enter what will look like any Southern Californian like New Orleans Square. That's where we're heading now. Though Tokyo Disneyland doesn't call it that, of course. And here you'll find Pirates of the Caribbean, the Blue Bayou and Cafe Orleans. Pirates here is much the same ride as you'd find back in Anaheim, just a few tweaks. First, the ride's queue is almost entirely inside Lafitte's Manor, and there's only one drop into the grotto after you leave the Blue Bayou. But the biggest difference is at the end, instead of riding the lift back up to the loading area, as you do in Anaheim, you disembark immediately after the final treasure scene, as in Anaheim, and ride a speed ramp back up to the street level. Isn't that as in Orlando? <laughs> Let's talk a bit more about food though. Tokyo's Disneyland Adventureland offers more food options than any other land in the park. Well, if you had lunch at the Queen of Hearts Banquet Hall, highly recommended, you can have a light dinner at the gazebo in New Orleans Square, which is half of Adventureland. The scallop chowder is excellent, very creamy, moist bits of scallop. 
and a salty sea flavour, accompanied by some of the most outstanding bread you'll ever taste. A warm, airy, yeasty interior with a rich crust so crisp it crackles when you bite into it. But if the bread and soup aren't what you're looking for, Adventureland has lots of other options. The Blue Bio restaurant, a table service restaurant serving steak, seafood and gumbo, I've eaten there, highly recommended. The Boiler Room Bites, a counter service stand with savoury and sweet Mickey and Minnie shaped steam buns. Everything has a theme here, it's great. There's Cafe Orleans, a counter service creperie. China Voyager, a counter service restaurant serving soup noodles. Always get the noodles in Asia. Crystal Palace Restaurant, which is a character breakfast and afternoon buffet. There's also the Polynesian Terrace Restaurant. This is a reservation only, as it's a musical show with performances at lunch and dinner. I've never actually done that, but uh, I'm sure it's good. And that pretty much sums up it, actually. We seem to have got around the park very quick today. I'm trying to think of any other highlights we might have missed. I say the Jungle Cruise. In Adventureland, you do have Pirates of the Caribbean, Jungle Cruise, the Railroad. I think I've mentioned everything that's there. But as with any other Disney park, you have to remember, it's not just one day. Don't cram it all in. Try and see as much as you can. And in particular with Tokyo Disneyland, I find there's so many really well-themed areas. The Haunted Mansion, I remember walking through the cemetery there. This just seems to be so much more ornate than any other one I visited. Tomorrowland actually felt futuristic. Toontown feels like a cartoon town. <laughs> the building of It's a Small World is phenomenal. It's really well done, really on it as well. Just everything has that extra 10% I think here at Tokyo Disneyland. Even the World Bazaar, the entrance with the Crystal Palace looking Victorian glass structure, amazing, really nice. And even the small railroad that takes you around Critter Country, Adventureland, Westernland, it's themed really well. The primeval world which is in there, its theming is very very good. It doesn't look old, it doesn't look dated, it's just got that extra touch. Okay, I think that's it for Tokyo Disneyland. I'm going to head to Shibuya Crossing and get some sake, maybe a Kirin Ichiban beer, and some food at my favourite restaurant, Gompachi, one of my favourite restaurants ever in the world. Actually, if you know the movie Kill Bill, it's there. <laughs> it's in that, but I, just, I, I didn't know that before I went there. I'd just been recommended this amazing restaurant, and it's very good. Especially if you like your yakitori grills, just sit at the counter and let the chef cook anything and everything for you. We used to tend to order most of the menu and let it come. <laughs> I have to get my energy up, because on the next episode, where are we heading? Yes. Disney Sea. Disney Sea is the number one theme park in the world. In my view, of course. I love Orlando. I love all the theme parks. Walt Disney World for me is the number one place for the whole experience. Disney Sea is the best park. But that's all for the next episode. So I'll sign out with a quick Disney joke and I'll be on my way. What did Snow White say when her photos weren't ready yet? Someday my prints will come. <laughs>